Hey everyone, welcome back to Tennis Picks and Bets here on the Mayo Media Network. I'm your host, John, and just ready to wrap up round three from down under in Melbourne at the Australian Open. Before we get to those picks, though, be sure you are subscribed to the Mayo Media Network YouTube channel. If you've not done it yet, now would be the time. A huge weekend of sports coming up. NFL Divisional Round, NHL all day Saturday. You've got UFC on Saturday night. You've got tennis throughout the weekend, and I'll break. I'll be bringing you picks for that. Now is the time to make sure you are subscribed to the channel to get all that content if you're looking for some action, whether it be daily fantasy sports or some picks and bets throughout the weekend. Also, make sure to like this video and comment with your favorite day six selection below. And if you prefer all this in audio form, daily fantasy sports, picks and bets, the mix. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe at whichever podcast app you use. Let's get in to the picks as we are dead even on the Australian Open. A little disappointing not to be a bit better, but we still have a week left to try and make sure we finish above 500 and make some cash. We have hit an underdog or two along the way as well, so that is helping out in that respect. First up, Alize Cornet against Tamara Zedanchik here at minus 125, a price I absolutely love. I have this down in the minus 150 to minus 160 range. I think this is a big mistake by the market. The books released it, and the market has not really bet it down. So at this point, uh, it's consolidated in this in this spot, and I'm I'm willing to say that I think they've made a mistake on this one. Alize Kalni is the way better hardcore player. She's in good form. She's only 2-2 two and two on the year, but she's coming off a win as a massive underdog against Garbina Muguruza. She in her first match of the season, took Naomi Osaka to three sets. Caveat there is Osaka hadn't played in a while, so uh, take it with a grain of salt, but still taking a set off Osaka, who can really thump that tennis ball, is pretty impressive. And here, she's going up against Tamara Zadancic, someone who is not nearly as good on hard courts, doesn't have the weapons, and who can commit a lot of errors. She has looked very shaky uh, at points in each of her first few matches. She barely got through her first round match against Aronska Rus, who is a, you know, more of a clay court player, not really an elite or, or you know, contending player, if you will, on hard courts at the WTA level. So that is a little concerning. Secondly, I think in this spot, she's going to have to be the aggressor. And that is when we see errors come out of Zidansic. She prefers the clay courts. She's improved on hard courts a little bit, but not enough for me to, to have her equal here or near a pick'em with Alize Colne, who can grind the, who can grind things out. And when Tamara Zidansic has to be the aggressor on hard courts, I think that's where we see the errors start to crawl into her game. Again, between experience, between pedigree, between surface comfort and surface advantage, I think Colne should be a much bigger favorite here. Sticking with the women, and we're going to go with a favorite in Kaya Knepi, minus four and a half games against Madison Inglis. At, this one is now up to even money at some books. Look, Madison Inglis is such a feel-good story. For her to make the Australian Open third round is incredible. She did it from a from a breakdown in the third set against Haley Baptiste in the last round. That was a spot where Haley is, you know, might have been a little fatigued. Bigger hitter, but not someone who's gone deep. She looked very tired at the end of her first round match against Garcia. So I took that match with a grain of salt. And she, you know, she was elated, almost in tears three different times after the win, when she was walking off the court and in her post-match interview. But Outside of that and the feel-good story and the crowd being on her side, there's nothing going for her in this match with Kaya Kanepi. Kaya Kanepi has almost made her living the last few years down under on these quick, hard courts with her huge serve, huge power. She doesn't cower in the face of a crowd being against her. It's not something that's happened in the past. She hasn't shown a lot of nerves in the past when serving things out or when under pressure. So I'm not really concerned about the crowd being against her here. And Inglis, again, not the best angler, doesn't have a huge weapon. 
you know, not really made for quicker courts and her, her serve doesn't really play up that much to get her enough free points. Kaya Kanepi should absolutely feast on return in this spot. And so I think she covers this. I have this one out at five and a half to six games, if we're being honest. So four and a half games seems like a gift when you're getting up into these higher uh, spread numbers. Each half game is worth a little bit more and gets harder to cover as you get higher and higher. So uh, four and a half to me seems like a great deal. Finally, on the men's side, we're going to go with Dan Evans on the money line against Felix Ogieliasin. This one at plus 105, essentially a pick em. They have it a coin flip. I do not. I think Dan Evans is in great form right now. Felix Ogieliasin is one of those guys, like his compatriot and fellow Canadian, Denis Shapovalov, who can beat anybody on any given day, as we saw at the ATP Cup when he did beat Alexander Zverev for Team Canada. But he can also look pretty bad, as we saw against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, where he needed four tie breaks, winning. He won three out of four tie breaks to come through to the third round. Not very impressive considering how big of a favorite he was. And Davidovich Fokina's game is predicated primarily on running around, playing defense, and shot making. And he kind of needs a bit of a slower surface to have the time to do that successfully. Felix really committed far too many errors. So when you have a fifth, a guy who can be Jekyll and Hyde like that, I want to take Dan Evans here because I think you end up seeing uh, a much more consistent player who's in great form. And the big thing here is that backhand slice of Evans could absolutely confound Ojeel Yassim, who can get very impatient and overhit forehands. If you're overhitting your forehand against a low bouncing slice, that's a recipe for sailing balls long. It's a matchup advantage I love for Dan Evans. And the other thing I like in this matchup for the Brit over the Canadian, time on court. He got a walkover in the second round from Frenchman Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Rinderneck who had a wrist injury. Well, Felix Ogieliasim needed five sets in the first round. And like I said, four only four sets in the second round, but all four were long tie-break sets. And Davido Chukina also made him play some pretty lengthy uh, points and then pretty lengthy games within those sets as well. So I do think that Evans is going to be a little more fresh. Evans has that slice to really bother Felix. He's got the form. I think he should be pretty much a one, minus 125 to minus 130 favorite. You can never... I, I wouldn't have him as any kind of massive favorite just because Felix does have the talent to beat anybody on a, any given day. But I do think that all things considered, he should be a slight favorite as opposed to a slight dog. So we're going to go ahead and take Dan Evans on the money line in that spot. Thanks again for watching guys. We'll chat for day seven as we head into the second week down under.